You're listening to Shared Sagas, an Australian RPG actual play podcast. This podcast features adult language and adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. Greetings, and welcome to Shared Sagas. This will be session three of our run-through of Waterdeep Dragon Heist, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition adventure by Wizards of the Coast. My name is Tom, and I will be your friendly DM slash GM for this adventure. Uh, let's meet our characters today. I am Mark. Uh, I am playing the part of Hurst, a half-orc druid folk hero. Man of the people. Uh, during the Actually, during the last session, I've decided a bit more about his background, but I don't know if we want this to come up more organically. No, no, please let us know. And we can uh, always delve deeper. Sure. Uh, so he's the t- child of two druids, uh, and elf and an orc. That's awesome. Uh, and he sort of came to Waterdeep on what would essentially be, let's say, some sort of druidic rumspringer kind of thing. Like, okay. See the world before you settle down to tending the thing. And he's just kind of... Uh, he likes it where he is. He thinks there's work here to be done. Uh-huh. And doesn't really plan on going back. And his family may or may not have strong opinions about that. Fair enough. That, that, that's awesome. You know, I leave that to your description. <laughs> we will we will find out and play. Plus hook. Hi, I'm Ben. I'm playing Lyle Hedgehart, the Gladstone Gander of the Halfling community. For anyone who's a DuckTales fan. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't... Sp- Whoa. Oh my god, you people. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right past. Professional Lucky Charm. And right. the rest of the table has yes. to take a look at DuckTales at some point. Okay. Uh, Lyle is pretty cool. Any any interesting fun, so. fun facts about Lyle we can learn this mm-hmm. week? Lyle does not know who his parents are. Oh my. They could be druids, for all we know. <laughs> I mean, odds are they're not an elf and an orc, but who knows? No, Genetics no. is strange, it is. and in Forgotten Realms, doubly so. No, but... Yeah. Oh, sorry, please, no go. No, I was going to say, uh, but as an urchin, uh, he's led a particularly charmed life for someone who's had to make ends meet day by day on the streets. How lucky. Yes. Well, that's entirely it. His entire, his entire ability to have been able to survive and thrive in such an environment has been that Timora's always kept, like, one good eye on him. Or at least that's what he says. And mm-hmm. certainly it's how he's ingratiated himself uh, as a halfling in a community of, of criminals. <laughs> Want to rub your belly for luck? Or? Sometimes that has happened. <laughs> they have to ask first. <laughs> yeah, it's important. Cons- consensual belly rubs. Okay, mm-hmm. fantastic. That's cool. My name is Nadia and I am playing Jez Locke. Jez is a half-elf criminal. She's a rogue. Uh, she is... Much more attractive than her brother, who is not here today because he has the sniffles. Ah, uh, yes. We, to be clear, we we normally, of course, have Izzy, the agendered gnome wizard, and the other half of the Lock Twins being Nick, played by Nick. It's no loss, easy. really. How <laughs> are You're a twin now. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it's my. It's like a part of me is missing. Mm. But like all of the but, like, parts the that I part. don't want, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all, it's like all of your Jess bad habits just took the weekend off. <laughs> oh my gosh, good stuff. Okay, so when last we left our intrepid adventurers, they had just returned successfully from a rescue operation of the handsome simpleton Floon Blagmar at the request of his dear friend Voluthampgadan. He had been taken by the Xanathard Guild due to his strong resemblance to Reynard Neverember, who he was carousing with at the time, uh, who is the estranged son of the former Lord of Waterdeep, Dargalt Neverember, the current Lord of Neverwinter who you also rescued, but from his entire warehouse. It's complicated, but mm. it seems that 
The crux of the situation is that many dangerous factions in the city are playing what the Waterdeep circles of intrigue call a great game. A contest or competition that arises every once in a while and uh, in the City of Splendors this great game seems to be mostly centered around the locating and acquiring of a secret vault containing over half a million gold dragons dubbed Never Embers Enigma. Supposedly it was embezzled by Neverember before he fled the city. So, returning successfully to the Yawning Portal, Volothamp explained that he was a bit strapped for hard cash due to still awaiting some revenue from his previous book, but that's worked out well for you because you have got something which is objectively more valuable that he wasn't planning on giving up at this particular stage, and that is the deed to Troll Skull Manor, which is a old mansion that had in the past a tavern, a tap room on the ground floor and used to be open for business, but it has fallen into disrepair over these last years and is rumored to be haunted. How true that is, you have yet to find out. So I guess as we begin our scene today, you have spent the night in the yawning portal. You were gifted with three rooms upstairs that Volo booked out for you as a an extra thank you for freeing his uh, freeing his wingman Floon. And so as we begin, we will uh, begin. I think actually with your characters all, all coming downstairs to once again the yawning portal. Uh, some of the regulars are there, three string, your harbor contact and bard that pretends to be less skilled than he is as a cover is currently playing a quiet uh, fiddle tune in the morning. It, it, just sort of this nice, calming, haunting melody that goes out across for the one, for the first time in quite a while. He's not using his lute, he's just playing a fiddle. Of course, he's trying to do it a little bit worse than he, uh, yeah, than, than he can. It's d deliberately untuned, you think. It's not tuned. Uh, correctly so his skill is not quite as evident and he gives you a, a knowing nod as you go downstairs of course you've got um uh Dernan, the proprietor of the yawning the yawning portal is sitting there wiping down the bar he gives you a, a friendly nod and you can see in a corner table uh, that there is a very very energetic looking halfling woman who is waving at you enthusiastically as you as you descend the stairs attempting to call you over. She's got sort of dark tan olive skin and very, very curly dark hair, uh, which is normally, you would suspect, normally very wild and uncouth, which she has got tied back in a very, very tight ponytail. She has very, very large spectacles and is dressed very much like a clerk. She has a, just a brown, you know, brown coat and slacks and so forth and has spread out before her a couple of books and parchment and quill and ink and things like that. And she is apparently expecting you or wants to talk to you because she waves at you very enthusiastically as you all descend the stairs. Uh, so, as you descend the stairs, there's maybe another dozen patrons or so. Some of them are just waking up from sleeping here last night, passed out over their drinks. Uh, the yawning portal itself is, of course, uh, sitting there beckoning and, well, yawning as always. No it's very tired. It's also waking up. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, no monsters clambering out of it currently. Uh, what do we do and say in character? Oh, do we have an appointment? What's the very enthusiastic lady over there doing? When enthusiastic halfling ladies beckon, I tend not to ask. <laughs> you go talk to her then. Thank you. I give him a wink as if he's just acted as my wingman. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Hurst <laughs> just kind of shrugs and sits down and calls over someone to bring him some breakfast. Nice. Well, my question is, do, do, do you go to the table where she's sitting or do you uh, find your own table and ignore her beckoning? I shuffle over to her and I say, it's very early. You better have a good reason to be this awake. Yes, uh, I, I certainly do. 
Uh, my name is Carleen. Carleen Inkfingers. Um, I am a clerk, accountant, and scribe to several nobles, including Lord Neverember. Oh, he yeah. has sent me here to accompany you when you inspect your new home and property. I am to, to do a cost evaluation to help you with uh, de- de- determining the price of upkeep, renovation, etc. Right, okay. That's actually pretty useful. Raynar wants to invest in the property and wants to know some hard facts. I am better at numbers than most. Did he tell you that there might be a haunting there? Uh, he did. He made mention of this fact. And can you look after yourself? I'm not sure what you mean, Mum. Well, if ghost attack, I wouldn't worry about what? it. I'm sure, though. I'm sure with the blessings of time, or uh, that Carleen will be kept perfectly safe. And I throw her a wink. <laughs> you throw a wink. Fantastic. Give me, give me a, uh, a charisma check. Seduction check. Damn right. <laughs> Damn straight. Oh yeah. I suggest the ghost. Go. Indeed. Yeah, she's a, a pretty well-mannered and clearly... Oh, I'm good. I get to re-roll ones as a halfling. Oh my out. god, I'd love to see what a, like, a one of the charisma roll looks like. Screams and runs out of the tavern. <laughs> Turns out she's not afraid of the ghosts. I right. put my elbow in her beer. Uh, what does this fall under? So this would be... I mean, this would be persuasion, I guess? Yeah, or? persuasion works for me. 16. 16? Whoa, nice. Okay, so so she blushes a little bit and sort of says... Uh, oh, <laughs> um... Yes, well, I, I would certainly think that uh, considering all the good luck you've had so far, some of it will potentially uh, uh, follow through with our endeavours today. I puffed my chest up at that. I'm so glad she didn't say rob off one. That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> She's this close. All right, so uh, so she uh, gets some of her books together. She she looks at the deed once more and says, "Very well then. Well, we shouldn't take too long." Uh, All right, I understand this is very important, and you've got important people. We literally just got up. We are going to need breakfast first. Oh yes, yes, yes. Of course, of course. She starts to. Uh, furiously write in her book uh, and says, uh, could I get some details on any other business holdings that you might have? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) She she gives you a pointed stare and adjusts her glasses imperiously and goes back to scribbling in her book. (laughs) So, you eat breakfast then, obviously. A couple of the... um, Jez orders the traditional hangover breakfast. (laughs) What is the traditional hangover breakfast, GM? Well, I imagine that it would be uh, roast boar with uh, some uh, salted potatoes. Mm -hmm. Just really big, sort of meaty cheese-covered Cheese and bacon covered potatoes. Uh, Probably going to have some Tethyrian blood sausage in there as well. So, and of course, you know, some, some, perhaps some watered down ale. Excellent. Just avoid the special. It's usually what comes up from the portal. <laughs> <laughs> What's today's special? Excuse me, my, my steak keeps regenerating. Can you? <laughs> I mean, well, I like... It's the challenge. You've got to eat it before it regenerates. <laughs> All right, then. So you, you eat a sound and hearty breakfast. You finish your drinks. You bid farewell to the yawning portal for the time being and start to make your way through the city to potentially what will be your new place of residence and business. So, in the North Ward is a very nice area. As you make your way through the city streets from the Castle Ward, uh, it's actually quite a clip. So you go out onto the main thoroughfare and the main roads, and you can see that there's lots of handsome cabs and horses and flurry of activity as it is spring and uh, lots of uh, people coming and going. There's lots of travel in the city, lots of visitors and so forth. So you can see people people of all shapes and sizes and uh, 
species, ethnicities wandering around doing their daily chores. It's still early in the morning, so a lot of the stalls and businesses are just, you know, starting to open and getting everything all ready for the day. Uh, the city watch on the main roads, at least, seems to be in, you know, full force, out looking, looking around, keeping order, etc. It's a beautiful spring morning, and so there's a nice cool wind, but the sun is high in the sky. There are not many clouds in the sky. I, you can see, of course, one of the notable things of Waterdeep is that there are... <laughs> doubling down on the fantasy London idea, there actually is the essentially the fantasy equivalent of double-decker buses, which are these large carriages that are double-decker, just like the the ones that exist in London now, uh, pulled by four large draft horses. Ooh. And uh, the lower, the main carriage compartment is quite long and is full of durable, alchemically treated glass. And then there is a stairway, a wooden stairway, which leads up the back so one can sit on the roof and go on tours of the city uh, in, you know, in exactly that style. So one of those kind of scooches past you and you make your way further along until eventually you are in the North Ward. Now, the North Ward is actually quite nice. It's very, very upper middle class. There's a lot of noble houses nearby. Think of this like, while it's not exactly uh, a neighborhood for nobility, most people here are reasonably well off and most houses here are quite large, well put together, multi-storied, and would probably have servants and so forth going around the place. Uh, it is still, however, rather built up and, and tightly packed. So many of the buildings are at least, you know, as mentioned, you know, three, four stories tall. Uh, put together. The alleyways here are not dark and grimy, but they are still quite narrow and, you know, cramped as you make your way. Of course, uh, Lyle will em will employ your navigational skills. Sure, to here in your which include occasionally hopping on, like, the back of one of those handsome cabs or double-decker buses anonymously. Oh, I see. Perfect. So you just... uh, uh, Roger Rabbit or um, first, uh, no, first movie of Back to the Future. Excellent. Uh, so, Miss Inkfingers is, is, is obviously a <laughs> she, she's she's a, getting aside. Yeah, indeed, she's getting aside. She also seems quite sort of prim and proper and sort of like, oh, I see, should we be doing this? In fact, as you go forth, of course, you are greeted to the joyous sight, which doesn't happen all the time, of a squad of griffin riders that soar mm. overhead, their gilded armor glinting gold in the sunlight as they swoop down actually relatively low to the ground, obviously on a patrol for something. Mm. A good tightly packed uh, squad of about six of them just, you know, soar overhead with the first thing that you hear is the, yes ma'am. Uh, Jez under her breath goes, I'm going to get one of those. <laughs> Your new goal for the campaign, acquire a griffin. So these, yeah, the griffins are all screeching and squawking and roaring. They, they have a strange sound they make, which really is like somewhere between an eagle's core and a lion's roar. It's a sort of a deep timbering core roar sound. Oh. Craw, indeed. Oh. So as they soar overhead, you know, children grab their parents' hands and point up, and there's an on the double decker carriage that you're on right now, you can hear the people <gasps> give out this sound as they swoop overhead. So very soon, however, you are in what is going to be potentially your neighborhood. Mm. Beautiful, it's hilly. There are lovely cobblestone streets that uh, wind their way a little bit more unkempt than many of the other straight, well-designed uh, city streets. This is certainly a neighborhood that's grown up and expanded and morphed organically over time. And you are greeted to Troll Skull Alley. So, Troll Skull Alley uh, seems to have quite a few uh, businesses and so forth. Miss Inkfingers looks around and says, so it's probably going to be rather important if you are going to be residing here to, I suppose, make a good impression and get to know the other businesses that are here. I understand that there are some very good craftspeople. Some of the local businesses have a very good reputation, particularly the 
uh, the carpenter, the blacksmith, uh, uh, others of that nature. There's a frightfully delightful bookstore, rare books that I, I often come to uh, to acquire certain ones that I can't find elsewhere. So that's the only, so that is the main reason that I know the neighborhood, but uh, I, I would certainly suggest that you uh, spend some time getting to know your neighbors. If you're going to be residing here or indeed running a business, it would behoove you to, I suppose, uh, make an alliance with them. Flash just a quick look to see if she's casing the joint. <laughs> she hasn't uh, started to yet. You've noticed that she's kind of leaned up against a wall at the moment and kind of maybe slightly snoring. You can't really tell. <laughs> <laughs> maybe snoring. That's great. Uh, so, as you make your way towards, of course, the main, <laughs> the star attraction, which would be Troll Skull Manor. So, Troll Skull Manor is, well, let's just say it's decrepit. It is, it is run down. Because trolls don't regenerate. Indeed, indeed, sir. Uh, the build, the windows are all almost entirely universally smashed and boarded up. Uh, there are some crumbling walls. There are holes in the roof. You can clearly see a raven or two flies out of a very notably large hole in the front roof as you approach. The cobblestones out the front are cracked. This place is a dump. What have we been lumped with? Missing Fingers looks up and down and says, Yes, it is rather worse than I imagined, to be honest with you. Mm. She starts to crunch some numbers in her head and starts to, you know, look at the walls and do that sort of thing as you approach. I guess I guess you approach the front door. That'd be a reasonable assumption. Yeah. Jez uh, starts kind of taking a bit of a closer look. That's fair. Perfect. You approach the actual the actual front door first. Hello. Do you want to maybe take a look around and make sure that there isn't anyone still here? I can do that. I have a couple of new tricks for exploring and staying out of sight up my sleeve. What do you think would be more important? Finding things and people or not being seen? Because I don't see any reason why I should have to be not being seen, but you never know. You're the new legal owners. You have every right to be here. Finding things is probably more important. Okay. Uh, I've got some options here, but... Anyone that wants to, by the way, can give me a perception check or an investigation check if you're looking looking over the building. Uh, either one would be fine. Okay, perception for me is an 11. It was a bad roll. <laughs> it was a bad roll, and we regret it. What was your result, sorry? 11. And yours? 7. Okay. You go for us first. Well, her sees nothing. Fantastic. So, 11... However, is enough that you pick up, there is definitely some sound coming from inside the main door as you get right up to it. So you can hear what sounds like a thump or two, mm. and you actually think you could also hear the creaking of floorboards and something like a chair falling over. Ooh. Okay. Now, the front door itself, yeah. you realize, is actually slightly ajar. Inside, you can clearly see the dust uh, that is on the floor, but... It, the door itself is sort of off its hinges yep. slightly, and it's sort of permanently adjust. You think it can swing open and close, but sure. it would likely be... Uh, it's not secured. No, and maybe another another couple of opening and closings of this particular door, and it's going to fall off its hinges. All right. I called Jez and Hurst's attention to uh, the noise coming from within. Uh, Jez goes um, into stealth. Missing Fingers whips out a crossbow, a small crossbow from her large leather satchel, and oh, just you know, rest, rest, rests it on her forearm. I keep hearing her name is Missing, missing Fingers. fingers. Yes, it's do I. horrible. Yeah. I think just say Ink Fingers. Yes. Because otherwise it's just like, where did they go? Indeed. Yeah. Ink They're missing. Uh, I take one of my lucky charms and place it upon you to convey Timora's blessing to give you advantage on stealth. Oh, good. Because <laughs> I rolled it too. That's better. 
23. 23, you say? Yes. And that is for stealth. stealth. Great. So you open the door and you see inside that you are treated to a actually rather adorable and delightful sight. Oh. There are three children, three street urchins, oh. who are currently playing at adventure, at sword fighting, etc. You can see that there are three of them. They, one of them, and the thumping sound clearly comes from the fact that one of them is perched precariously on top of a stool, a bar stool, which is swinging back and forth, and with remarkable balance. They all look to, a bit, to be about eight to ten years Ooh, old. Cool. One's a tiefling. I'm glad yeah, we didn't go in there spells blazing. So just showing, just showing <laughs> off some beautiful art from a book which, which shows these three urchins. So you can see that there is a, a short, portly, about eight or nine-year-old Tarami boy. So he's, um, he has his dark skin. He is a, uh, a black lad with a cloak, a little toy wand, and a stuffed owlbear which he has tucked under his arm. He, you know, is rollicking and pointing his imaginary wand. Well, not imaginary, it's a real wand, but it's probably not real. Casting uh, imaginary spells. Exactly, casting imaginary spells. You can see that there is the, the tiefling boy is the one that is currently perched up on top of the uh, bar stool. He's sort of swaying back and forth. And he has, he's essentially dressed like a pirate. He has a large tricorn purple hat. He has an eye patch, which he, which he probably doesn't need, uh, mostly because it keeps slipping off. And he's got, you know, the red skin and horns that uh, obviously denote his uh, tiefling heritage. He has got, you know, brown, simple common clothes on. And then there's a lanky 10-year-old girl. Uh, she's Aluskin, and she's got black hair and tan skin, and she is has a wooden toy sword. So she's swinging back and forth, and you realise that every once in a while, as you observe them, Nadia, that she does not uh, apparently appear to be able to speak. So she will occasionally use sign language hmm. uh, to communicate with, with her two friends, who obviously all, you know, respond in kind. Ooh, okay. So I think Jez can't really resist this. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> uh, she actually just jumps out from the shadows and it just goes... okay great so so the reaction is exceedingly different for each of them so first of all the tall girl steps forward really protectively the short tarami boy gets behind and clutches his owlbear in front of him protectively and looks really really like all all of his confidence goes away and he looks really really shy and scared of you and the tiefling actually turns around the tiefling boy turns around like jumps off and stands behind the girl but you know calls out to you and looks quite angry whereas whereas she rather just looks defiant uh so he's so he uh the the tiefling boy sort of points his wooden sword he wouldn't his wooden cutlass at you and says who are you then Oh, feisty one then, I see. Yeah, you'll see how feisty I'm having to explain yourself. What are you doing here? Uh, at this point, Hurst, uh, well, not dramatically, because he doesn't do dramatically, but like, <laughs> picking a time for a bit more dramatic effect, walks through the door, uh, very, very grumpy looking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's going on in here? There's some kids. Kids, eh? Yeah. Don't think it's haunted. I think there's just kids. That's worse somehow. Mm. <laughs> Don't like kids. I glare at them. It's okay. He's already eaten today. <laughs> okay, so so the tiefling boy puts his hands on his hips and says, Oh, yeah, well, maybe I don't like you. Well, that's a fantastic comeback. Well done. <laughs> so, so um, I shouldn't... I sh- so I got an extra cantrip at this level, and I took... <laughs> what are you about to do? 
<laughs> I shouldn't do this. No. No. Okay. <laughs> I took poison spray. What? Okay. Worse. Maybe you don't poison spray the that's, children. That's actually. Wow, well, you're always telling me what to do, Tom. <laughs> this campaign's so on rails. <laughs> don't set fire to the orphanage. Don't burn children with acid spray. That's, that's like. That's like what one d twelve worth of damage. No, but I will produce. I will cast produce. I will cast produce flame, but not throw it. Okay. Incidentally, inside Just, here, uh, fire fire in Hurst's hand. Great. So oh my god, <laughs> I'm intimidating them. Okay. No so kidding. so what's really funny is if you if you do that, the Tarami boy uh, actually looks really intrigued and like steps forward. The leader, the uh, the deaf uh, girl, sort of crosses her arms and you know look, looks at you as if to say and you realise actually that the tiefling is using sign language to sort of translate to her what you're saying can and I she, say I know sign sign language or signing from my thieving background well you know you know thieves, thieves can't, can't and you are familiar is she with, speaking with no so here's the here's the really interesting thing mm. there is an actual sign language sign, sign language that exists they're not using that no. they're, they're using a, a a slightly almost quicker but more chaotic version of it. It's, Can I understand any of it? No, it's it's different enough that it, mm. it it is it is utterly unique. Okay. If you didn't know any better, you would swear that these kids may have actually come up with it themselves. That makes sense. Although that would it would certainly make them very smart. But no, so so this girl just kind of looks at the sign language that's given and and nods. Uh, so yeah, so the trauma boy walks forward and like just the, just gazes in wonder at the magic in your hand, mm. and like actually. Puts up his little his little pudgy fingers. To it's touch real. It. I wouldn't touch it. Okay, he, he he withdraws his hand and then hugs his owlbear close to him and puts it in front. All right, so we own the, own this joint uh, now, and um, so you know, run along or whatever. Yeah. So the tiefling says, "What? Nobody owns this place. We do now." Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like he looks. He looks really. He he signs angrily. Uh, to um, <laughs> to the to the girl who looks to him and says, and looks really disappointed. Are you uh, are you the reason why everybody thinks this here place is haunted? Or they all look at each other, and uh, the tiefling says, "Yes." You that should. sounds like a no. It's just us. Inside. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, her. <laughs> yeah. Please, please make an insight check. Anyone that wants to. Oh, Hurst has insight. Well, that, as a druid, I would imagine so. Actually, no, he doesn't have insight. Well, your wisdom. Oh, surely it's a wisdom. Insight. A wisdom. No, I mean, well, you can still make the roll. Yeah, I just I could have sworn I had insight as a skill. Twelve. Twelve. No, so, no, 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 this is... Twenty. Unnatural. Okay. You think... So, Lyle, you think he's lying. Hurst, yeah. you know he's lying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I say, who else is here? Um, If I tell you, will you let us play sometimes? <sighs> Depends. It's a bit of a business. I might, I might need some some kids to do some jobs mm. for me, maybe. I, yeah. Um, a bit of pocket money? Yeah, speaking the language of urchins, uh, yeah. anything for a quick flash of silver. Absolutely. The, we managed to get uh, some um, cash from the last um, venture. You did. So, yes, I'll flash a couple of uh, silver coins together. All three of their eyes light up. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're good at doing work. We can do all kinds of work for you. We're really handy. No one knows the city better than us. You look like a good lads. Yeah, she, she frowns. And laughs. <laughs> he tra- laughs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he, so he. Oh no, she's sorry. She's deaf. She, 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 she looks. She looks at you and then he translates and then, and then she frowns. Yeah, and I extend it. And laughs. Okay, so and he holds his hand up excitedly with a big, a big grin with sharp teeth. Let's start talking about who else is here. Okay, okay. 
So there is uh, a ghost. A ghost. Yeah. All right. That is such great information. Thank you. He doesn't like most people. So you know what? You probably won't stay because the last people that were going to buy it a while ago, uh, he scared them off and he'll probably scare you off too. So you know this ghost then? Yeah. On good terms? Yeah, he likes us. We leave him alone. He leaves us alone. All right. What's the ghost's name? Oh, yep. Yeah, I'll, I'll flick <laughs> a coin that way. He snatches the coin out of the air. Uh, actually, sorry, he he goes to, and the girl, like, lightning, nice. lightning quick catches it before he does. Mm. And then she, look, she looks at it and inspects it for a moment, like, bites it. Yeah. <laughs> and then Checks it for shade, sees if it's shaved or not. And then, and then flicks it to him. And then she just sort of sits there staring at you appraisingly. He says, <laughs> and he, he starts to laugh. <laughs> mm. his, his name, his name's really funny. I mean, it's not a funny name, but it's funny because of, okay, so his name's, his name's Life. Life. Yeah. Oh, and, that's mean. And he's dead. I'm sorry. That does feel kind of mean. Yeah. <laughs> At that point, by the way, as soon as he says that, a bottle, uh, one of the main... Sorry, sorry. unless I didn't explain it correctly, mm. this ground mm-hmm. floor is the tap room. So it, yeah, it is no, the tavern and, and the bar, right? So there's, you know, broken, dust-covered tables everywhere. There is mostly broken and empty bottles behind the counter as there's a very, very large, you know oak wooden bar that is set up there one of the bottles just flies off the shelf and smashes on the wall next to them okay sorry you seem to be able to play here without getting bottles flying at you yeah he probably doesn't want you to be here well that may be hard that may be tough kitty toenails on the the, one of the on one of the windows you can see all of a sudden horror movie style Mm -hmm. in the dust on the window pane, a f- clearly a ghostly thing, girl, but you can't Ooh. see anything, starts to spell out and starts to write in the dust. Yes. It says, closing time. I brandish bully <laughs> symbol. Starts to write in the dust. A-S-L. And using my channel divinity, uh-huh. if he's within 30 feet and can see or hear me, uh-huh. I say, opening hours extended. <laughs> invoking uh, the will of time more. Great. What does that do? Uh, it's turn undead. Oh so, make my. a wisdom saving throw, uh, DC 12. Oh, dearie me. So, you know about ghosts, presumably? Uh, that's neither here nor there. I figure that's probably more in the realm of Arcana, but we do know that for dealing with the unquiet dead, they can't abide, they can't abide the presence of goodly, godly folk. I see. This is very true. Now, so this is a... Wi- a sorry, a... Wisdom. Wisdom saving throw. Correct. And the DC is... 12. When that happens, mm-hmm. would you please... Actually, no. You hear a... There's sort of a rumbling and a shaking sound. Right. And then one of the... T- a couple of the tables overturn. Yes. And then w- one of the tables, like, rises up. Mm-hmm. And then you can see that there... The hand goes to right again. It says, yes. last call. Ooh. And then puts an exclamation mark. Okay. Ink fingers is pointing at, at the window with her crossbow and says, oh, I say, I, I don't know what's going on here, but this this, this doesn't seem right. I look uh, down at the holy symbol and check it a couple of times. To see <laughs> it's like, come on now. Okay, so the kids actually look a little bit scared and yeah. uh, and they sort of back off a little bit. Okay, I'm looking to Hurst and Jess. So I have a question about ghosts and the way what they work. Sure, absolutely. 
Does Fairy Fire work on ghosts? Uh, well, potentially. It depends on... on you know, conditions of the spell is probably going to be useful for that. Well, because it, it, drops, it drops basically Fairy Fire on any creature within a 20-foot cube. Do you need to be able to see it? No, yeah, I mean, the, the point of Fairy Fire is that it will reveal any creature in the 20-foot cube, even if it's invisible. This is very true. So I guess the question is whether you, you want to be diplomatic or not with the ghost. Yeah. So Hurst is... So, uh, the, I mean, well, he's not... Aggressive. I was going to say he's... But his charisma is negative one, so he's not good at talking. That's very true. So, I mean, listen, it, it, it's completely up to you. But what you imagine is that if the ghost has allowed the, the children to reside here without, you know, draining their life and whatnot, it may actually be a poltergeist as opposed to a spectre. So spectres are evil. They're really, really evil and they suck the blood of the living. Okay. Pol- poltergeists are normally quite benevolent. Well, not, not, not benevolent. They're just sort of confused or really just w- whatever they were in life, effectively. Just a very quick thing then in uh, the scope of fairy fire. So any creature in the area when the spell is cast is outlined for fellas a dexterity saving throw. I imagine so, yes. Which would mean that that would include us if we're in that area. Yes. If, if so you're in the area. Conceivably, we're giving advantage to the enemy as well. Well, it, it, no, so assuming, and actually you can see because it's, it's it has just finished drawing on the window, so you would know the exact area that it is. Mm. So if you, if you wanted to cast it on life, then you could without targeting anybody else. That was my thought. Like, with it drawing on the window, I'm like, okay, I've got a fair idea of where it is at this very second. Look, look it would certainly work if you wanted to illuminate it. By all means. Um, yeah, I'll cast Fairy Fire. Great. Uh, next, uh, basically with the edge of the 20-foot thing up against the window. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just to basically insane, like, all right, let's level this playing field a bit before things get out of control. Absolutely. So this is a dexterity saving throw, or is it a wisdom? Uh, I think it's... Uh, no, no, it's Fairy Fire. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a dexterity saving throw. It, it's dex. Okay. Yeah, 20-foot cube. Uh, Perfect. Dex. Well, in that case... Almost immediately, fairy fire encapsulates this spectre, poltergeist, and you can see what looks to be, effectively, a male half-elf who has got short, cropped hair, obviously slightly, slightly pointed ears, Mm -hmm. tall, thin, and although you can't see hair and skin colour because it's... You know, it, it, it's, it's invisible. We're just seeing an outline. Just illuminated, but but illuminated in this purple fire quite well. You can see that they are dressed effectively as a bartender. They have a apron. An, an apron on, and uh, you know the sleeves rolled up, etc. So you can see that. Yeah, it looks to be a uh, a handsome half elf dressed as a bartender. I look, I look who, at the half elves. Who, who, who looks at themselves for a second? Like he he looks down at his hands and looks up at you, and then just crosses his arms and looks really looks, looks really upset. You're right, mate. He points at the door. Can they not speak? No, they can't. They can. They can't mm. speak. They can. They can understand and hear people though. Mm. Points at the door. So when that happens, however, yes, the girl goes up and and starts to make some hand motions to him. Okay. Which 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 he then re- which he then returns and he appears to know her sign language. Oh. Well, he's probably been watching them for a while. So indeed, Fair. the tiefling says they're nice. Well, they seem nice. They gave me money. He says, yes. holding, holding up a silver coin. I look kind of reproachingly at Hurst when uh, when she when she holds up the coins. Yes. See, nice. He he signs back to her and then actually manifests. So ah. now so now you can see that he 
ha- it has taken on corporeal form. I mean, mm-hmm. I actually don't know how long the fairy fire lasts for. Is it concentration? Uh, up to a minute. Is it, so concentration up to a minute. Well, uh, it, Nothing to do with concentration. Oh, I see. Well, in that case, he is still surrounded by fairy fire, but you can see underneath that that there is sort of a translucent, bluish-tinged form that forms as well. So you can see his features a bit more a bit more solidly. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Jez chuckles to herself and then says, like, <laughs> well, you know, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay oh. here. <laughs> right? Because it's a tavern. He shakes his head. Reverse inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> okay, actually, everyone's done very well so far. Everyone can have inspiration. See? <laughs> Rewarded. Not for that. <laughs> Just, no, just incidentally. Uh-huh, sure. Now, now hand it back. <laughs> no, I gave it to you just to... So, so uh, he furiously signs to her, and then she turns to, obviously, the tiefling boy, who says, um, so he wants to know what your intentions are. Ooh. We want to open the bar. Okay, he says, so, so she, uh, so he signs to her. She, it's a, it's a little, a little chain, so he, he signs to her, uh, and then he obviously picks up on as well, and, and actually puts his hands on his hips and looks really intrigued. And he, he actually walks over to one of the chairs that he upended and just picks it up and dusts it off. I take a seat on it. You do? Okay. Uh, he rather excitedly goes around behind the bar yes. and reaches down and you hear a clicking sound and he pulls open a drawer and then and then slowly pulls out a bottle of wine. Ooh. It's dusty, but it's still there. That means it's Did good. we just get ourselves a ghost bartender? Well, I think we're in the negotiation stage, but it's looking like I it. like that we don't have to pay him. Step, step. Stop. <laughs> probably not the kind of thing to say out right? <laughs> so, he, so he he raises an eyebrow now now that he's solidified a bit more you can see that he's very dark skinned and has so he would be uh, his he's half elf and, and and he has close cropped hair so honestly he looks very much like Tuvok from uh, from Star Trek he has that very imperious look to him he's a handsome fellow but looks very serious and stern uh, and so he, he anyway he he Un- uncorks the wine bottle and then pours you a glass. Excellent. And puts it down. All right, and I will take it and give it an appraising uh, sniff and then sip. It is a magnificent Tetherian red. Ooh. It is very, it's very, very nice indeed. This, um, this would be a very expensive bottle, in fact. Yeah. Are you saving this one for a rainy day, mate? You know it. Um, I just turn to the kids and just say, you know, they're all watching in fascination. Do you, do you? Do you know anything about him? Why is he here? Uh, so they shrug and say, uh, so the the. the Tiefling boy says, listen, by the way, my name's Squidly. And he points at the Tarami boy and says, this is Jenka, and that's Nat. She's our leader. All right, there's some weird names. I'm going to get those names again, please. Yes, so Nat. Nat is. Is the lanky Aluskan girl who is deaf. Lanky Aluskan. Spelled G-N-A-T, right? No, no, it's Nat. <laughs> N-A-T. Uh, Jenka is J-E-N-K-A. Okay, Jenka. He's the Tarami boy. And Squidly is the Tiefling. Squidling. He has a small bow with a quiver full of toy arrows. Cute. All right. Well, you know. Is it, well, listen. We don't really know that much about him. We just came in and we we saw him one time when we came at night time. Uh, I I turn to um, Ink Fingers and I say, "So, how do you appraise a ghost?" She says, "Oh, well, we'll have to. I mean, we'll have to get rid of it, of course." No, hang on. He, Puts the, he plants the he plants the wine bottle down on the bar and just like crosses his arms and she points the crossbow bolt at him and he and he holds his he holds yeah. his hands out to shrug. Yeah, hang on, Carly. <laughs> he let's, essentially gives a bring it on <laughs> motion with his. Let's let's not be too hasty here. But aren't ghosts all evil? Are they, they're undead, aren't they? 
does he seem that evil to His you? His taste in wine is very good. <laughs> so he... <laughs> the ghost approves and nods. I mean, I, I can only see this as a, a feature. Hmm? Possibly. I mean, it's certainly going to draw the crowds, won't it? Sure. If you're looking for a niche or a gimmick for your tavern, having a ghost that's a bartender, I mean, goodness, the possibilities, advertising potential. I take a look over at uh, our ghostly bartender to see how he's reacting to this. He, he looks and just sort of raise, raises an eyebrow, Tuvok style, and then being, being and, considered like a, a bit of a sideshow entertainment. But then he, but then he, but he, he, he sort of looks up and then nods. Mm-hmm. I suppose you. Dead for a long time, right? You gotta spend your time doing something, right? He shrugs and nods again. You must really like the bartending gig then. He nods emphatically, like really enthusiastically. Uh, I take a look over at Nat mm-hmm. and then over to Squidling because Squidling's gonna have to translate for Nat, who's gonna have to translate for our ghost. First of all, asking Squidling on Nat's behalf, uh, asking Nat on Squidling's behalf. Yes. What's his name and what was this place like? before all of this happened. Okay, so they communicate their question to him, and he writes, he writes on, uh, so essentially on the dust on the counter, he extends a finger and writes the name Life. But life so literally is, Life. Life is spelled L-I-E-F. Oh, E-F. Life. Probably easier just to say Life. Life. So Inkfinger says, well, that's ironic. And he he, he, he grins and nods. I'm right. sure it's not Life. No, it, it, it's no, it, Life. Yeah, sounds like lie with an F at the end. Yes, <laughs> not not dissimilar from I guess how people see it as us. We lie and then there's an F at the end. Indeed, he uh, so he he so he looks to to Nat and gives a sign and she nods and then signs to Squidly who then tells you, oh well, uh, so he has to go now but he's very glad to meet you. It's hard for him to stay. What's the word? Visible during the day. That's okay. Shift work. We can accommodate. <laughs> <laughs> so he gives a little bow to each of you mm-hmm. and then fades I pour another so glass for myself Jez, wait share so Jez uh, <laughs> starts uh, having a look around uh, as well doing some searching and wandering and you know at least at the very least just around the room and everything okay absolutely so on the ground floor of course you have the so you have the tap room so out the front you have the uh, stone stairs that which lead up to sort of directly into the tap room proper mm-hmm. and then of course you have at least half a dozen round wooden tables and chairs and so forth you can there are also some stairs that lead up to the second floor if you would like to uh, go up that way of course you can I see an immediate problem there's only one bathroom ooh ah ooh mm. that's concerned about to build a trench <laughs> no, no, no. There is there. Are, worry not. There are there are private baths and private latrines. Well, the private bath is probably what's important for us. Indeed, so. I'm not sharing a bathroom with people who come along. <laughs> so, so. Staff toilet only. <laughs> indeed. To be clear, this is not an an inn. So the rooms upstairs yeah. would, would be entirely for yourself. You're not opening faulty towers. You're opening cheers. Does that make sense? So you've got. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So you've got the. Uh, I mean, uh, look. You could rent. <laughs> We need, we need a butterfly at any time that you come in and be like, Hurst! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one's happy to see Hurst. They're just yeah. like, oh, hey, Kim. 
First one that you have, I'll have what's coming out of that tap. So, there are stairs that lead down, obviously, to the basement. There is... Alright, we need to check the basement for secret passages. So, well, quite possibly. So, So who's going to the second floor? Inkfingers, by the way, is looking rather excited. She says, oh, the foundations are good, though. The foundations are very, very good. Actually, this can work. No, this can work. And she starts wandering Mm -hmm. around and sort of poking the walls. Won't be cheap, won't be cheap, but it won't be quite as bad as I thought from the outside. I finished my glass. You finished your glass of wine. It is, a, it is a delightful wine. Yes. So the kids all look to you and uh, Squidly says, Okay, well, I guess we'll let you uh, look around and so forth. If you need us, we'll be playing in the street outside. All right. Does this place have a backyard? Yes, it does. Right. Where are your parents? Oh, we don't have any. I give a sympathetic shrug at that. Mm. And then flick him the rest of the silver. So it'll be ten silvers worth for them to divide up. Or essentially Ooh. one gold piece. Um, wow. Actually, I have an errand for the kids. Yeah, well, the, first of all, well, they we've are just, just... Well, we've just paid them, so you're... you're they, are just, they are just yeah. gushing and says, I mean, we could be playing outside or we could be doing whatever you want. Right, you lot, I need you to get some stuff. So, 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 so uh, Jenks nods enthusiastically and says, Can you do more magic? Going to. Can That's you, what I need your help with. Can, can you teach me magic? Can you teach him magic? Maybe. How does that work? I don't know. I'm a druid. I'm not like normal magic. <gasps> He, he looks. He looks wide. He has it's, special hipster magic. Yeah, true. <laughs> you probably haven't heard of it. <laughs> Does that mean that you can grow trees? Yeah, that's kind of what I want. I figure if we're gonna have a mm-hmm. bar, I figure that we could probably save some money and grow our own cider, basically. Ooh, wait, like a cider tree? Is that a thing? Is that a thing that druids can do? Yeah, they're called apples. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> do you feel? Does your character feel very <laughs> silly like, right draw, now? Draw. I had never <laughs> asked... Who <laughs> is just staring flatly at you? Yeah. yeah, they're called apples. Yeah, let me be clear. I've, you know, I'm more interested in the end product. I've never seen how it begins. <laughs> so there's these things called trees. You know that, the fruit like, that grows on yeah, the trees. Yeah, you know what trees normally Your rich steaks people. come from animals, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yes. Do I need to know how to make it? Yes, probably. Oh, God. Meanwhile, Jenks is, like, pulling on your trellis. Yes, hello. He says... Can, I, I would love to be a druid. I, any sort of magic. Magic is wonderful. It's, I mean, kind of tough <laughs> to learn. Uh, anyway, I need uh, go to the markets and get me uh, some good fresh apples, maybe a couple of pears. They all nod enthusiastically. And I'll, I'll, yeah. That's probably only a couple of coins for all of that. Right? I figure what we've given oh, them... What we're giving them might be able to um, defray some of that cost, and they can keep what's left. Fantastic. Well, they, yeah. listen, they are more than happy with that. Yeah. Uh, Nat, you know, gesticulates in, a, in her chaotic, enthusiastic style to Squidly, who says, Hey, thank you. Thank you so much. We, we, we won't let you down. We'll get you the best apples. No. Anything else you want? No, I, I can show you a magic trick. Oh, God. He looks at, they, they all look excitedly at you. And she, uh, she just pulls out a... A, a coin and just does the whole, you know, behind the ear. The You know, some sleight of hand you know, tricks and bits and pieces. Give me a sleight of hand check. <laughs> Hopefully, don't look really stupid in front of some kids. <laughs> God, I hope you do. Listen, I have inspiration if I need to re roll this. <laughs> and I will spend it. I rolled badly. Oh, shit. <laughs> I got ten for sleight of hand. That's okay. Yeah. It's a, listen, it's not too bad. It's kind of like the grandpa at a birthday party. <laughs> oh, look what's behind you. Yeah. Like, Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You do that and screw this like, dang. <laughs> they... they they do that. Um, Give you the slow. So, that gives you the slow clap. So Squidly, so Squidly says, "Oh yeah, well I can do that with cards," and he could like 
Like, Ashley just puts you to shame by doing some actual Aww. some actual sleight of hand card tricks. Oh, I've been upstaged by a kid. Right, so. And I was just, and I, Jez is just like, oh yeah, that's that's good. You can work on that. That's, uh, you got potential. <laughs> he, he gives you, he gives you just that absolutely dejected sort of imperious look that only a ten year old can. And, uh, and then he whips out a card magically from his hand and gives it to you, Hurst, and it's the druid card from, uh, Three Dragon Ante. Yes. Uh, Hurst actually laughs. <laughs> and they, they all scurry off. You hear a scream oh. from inside. What? Okay. From Miss, from Ink Fingers, uh, who is on, who you imagine is actually on the third floor. You hear uh, it come yeah. from right from the right from the room. Well, I'm running straight up. You there. hear yeah. a oh! ah! I okay. knew she was going to be a problem. <laughs> so you're out of her misery. So you rush inside the house and yep. you run up to the third floor. Yep. I imagine. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. So you hear a thump. Thump. And you can hear what sounds like a muffled scream, like somebody screaming from inside a closet. And as you make your way up to the very third floor, you can see that there is a bedroom that has an adjoining private bathroom. And so bursting through the already ruined door, it's hanging off its hinges and is in three or four pieces, so you don't worry too much about that. Smashing through, you can see that there is a mildew-soaked private bathtub, essentially one of those... I mean, the smell is what gets to you, first of all. There's a large hole in the roof, and you can see that the rafters above are crumbling and soaked with rain damage. But, most importantly, in the bathtub, which is full of, by the way, effectively now pond water. It was it was full, and there is some splashed mildew all over the place. You can see that there is an enormous, giant frog. Effectively a toad. A toad the the size of a huge pig, um, which is currently attacking with its tongue, thumping on the wooden closet that is in the bathroom. So clearly missing Ink Fingers has has, has, has come in, looked at the bath, maybe the toad has erupted out of the bath and she has just dashed to the closet and locked herself in. And it looks like the toad is following through. Well, the toad does have her arrow, her crossbow bolt in its shoulder. And And is now out for blood. And is now out for blood. So, uh, as you burst in, it is initiative. Uh, it's... Oh my god. It's not exactly... I mean, it, it's not surprise because it's already... It, to its perspective... I'm surprised. How big you, is this toad? This toad is uh, about two meters long. Like, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it, it's bigger than any dog that exists. Like, sli- slightly bigger than any dog. It could swallow Lyle. Lyle! <laughs> Not wild about this at all, or, or in fact, ink fingers, which is probably her concern. They know small size. <laughs> so, uh, initiative, please. Yes, uh, twenty. I'll say the three of you burst in. I mean, <laughs> you're all about ten feet away. The whole room is only fifteen feet by ten feet. So, you know, eighteen for me. Positioning will be will will, will matter very little. Um, it's cramped and it smells in here. The, the real, the real. Dis- I should almost give you disadvantage just for the stench of the bathtub, which has been this way for. Quite some time. Ew. Okay, initiative. Nadia. Uh, 18. Uh, ben. 20. And Mark. I go last. <laughs> How <Okay>. last? <laughs> the lastest. Uh, I could be more last, but not much more. <laughs> Alright, so, Ben. Yeah. You burst in. Ink fingers. You can clearly hear uh, screaming from inside the closet. Mm-hmm. The toads. Large, bulbous tongue is thumping on the door, leaving disgusting smears of grimy goo. It turns its enormous, hate-filled, bulbous eyes oh, to you three God. as you burst in the door. 
What do you do? All right. Um, Ink Fingers is no doubt watching, and I want to look. Want this to look good. Yes. Oh god. So I would like to cast Guiding Bolt on this toad. Okay. I should mention that I didn't use this at all for any of the other proper encounters that were going yeah. through in the dungeon. <laughs> the, first, the first first level spell I cast in this campaign is very fire to make a ghost appear. We're the worst. <laughs> would you? All right. Let's do it. Absolutely doing it. All right. So let's see. That is a... Where is my spell? There it is. Uh, that is a 14 to hit. That will hit. Sweet. So, Guarding Bolts does 46 radiant damage. Oh, sorry. 4d6? 4d6. I was like, no, if that, I heard 46. I'm like, that can't possibly be right. No. At this level? No. In this economy? <laughs> Who could afford to <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, so that's 4d6 radiant damage, so that is a total of 8, because, boy, that was a great roll. But, on a hit, the target takes 4d6 radiant damage, and the next attack roll made against this target before the end of your next turn has advantage. Wow. Alright, so, this streak of white light shoots out across the very small space and s- strikes into the side of the beast, which gives a strange... Alright, uh, so this was, yep, cast in my, t- my now working holy symbol. Fantastic. What is the damage? Uh, as I said, eight. Oh, I'm sorry, eight. Yep, no problem. So, there is a searing stench as the divine radiance burns a hole in this thing's... Uh, the, the side of this thing's jowls. It, once again, gives mm. that really, really deep guttural throat. Mm. And does not look happy at all. Nadia. Um... I just say that's a big fucking frog, and uh, she. <laughs> that's a free action. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, and then she whips out her crossbow uh-huh. and yeah. aims it at one of the froggy's bulbous eyes. Fantastic! And shoots one off. You have sneak attack because you have advantage. Wait, you shoot the eye off? What is this pug? <laughs> So you, so you aim for the eyes. You have advantage, which means you also have sneak attack. Go off with the eyes. Well, the first roll I hit a twenty. So wow. So keep that <laughs> I don't one. Don't need to. So probably. But if she one. rolls two twenties, does she do a super crit? Time? No. Yes. Oh, new roll. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Jesus. Roll the one. <laughs> <laughs> which one are you going to keep? <laughs> I think we might go for the one. Hey, it's fun. Um. Okay. So I. Okay. So you roll your sneak attack. So you roll all of your dice twice, including your sneak attack. Mm. So is that so just? What's your crossbow damage? It's just a d6 plus three. So be uh, plus one d6 for your uh, sneak attack. So you're rolling total four d6 as four opposed to forty six. Yeah. So it's four d6 plus your dex mod. So forty six plus three. 18 damage. Wow. So this crossbow bolt uh, embeds itself deep into this toad's eye. It doesn't kill it. It severely wounds it, though. There's a sickening, squelching sound as your crossbow bolt flies across the room and sticks into this thing's uh, bulbous, hate-filled eye. Then it's going to be the toad's turn. The toad is going to step forward. What is your armor class, sir? Me? Yes. Ah, keep it away. All right. AC is 14. Okay. Good. Don't get swallowed. Really? Yeah, this is actually a legitimate concern. <laughs> Sorry, how much is it? Eight, uh, 14. 14, okay. Fantastic. So, would you please take... No. <laughs> oh, oh boy. So, so first of all, um, it leaps forward and bites you. Its tongue <laughs> whips around your waist. If you tell me this thing has teeth, and it bite, it, it, teeth, yeah, it does. Teeth, it, teeth, it goes to bite teeth. you, but mostly you are being grappled you as you take, you take 11 damage. I'm down, guys. Oh my. Wow, okay. 
Oh dearie me. We lost the halfling. I look. Okay. To be fair, it's your fault for playing a snack-sized creature. Wow. <laughs> Racist much. Look, alright. But yeah, moment of truth for the table, and you can edit this out or not. No, 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 that's okay. The the thing that I had perhaps the most fear of yep. uh, as a kid, as far as imaginary creatures went, yes. was something that I think was called like a, a scaremonger or a screwmonger or something. It's a Roald Dahl book oh. uh, called The Terrible Twits. Oh, that's right. And yes. they, uh, one of the, the husband came up with this uh, imaginary creature that was a frog that had teeth like screwdrivers. And oh. that thought just nested in my head for up to this day oh. as being the absolute worst thing that I could imagine. I don't remember that bit of the twits. That is... Yeah, neither do I, but that, that, that is some deep nightmare shit. Thank you. I'm going to do the stats of that for next week. You're not at the least <laughs> welcome. But... <laughs> wow, Tom, that is hateful. So 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 what happens is Lyle is now ensnared. So he, he's about to be swallowed because in the, in, the, in the toad's next action, he can swallow him. Uh, that is then Mark's turn. Drop it. <laughs> no. Drop it. Drop it. Drop it. Drop, it. Drop the whole thing. You can, Drop it. you can speak to animals if it'll help you. So can it only swallow... I mean, this is probably metagaming. But can it only swallow him if he is on zero hit points? No, or no, no. It, it, it just, it's one action to do the bite attack and, and grapple mm-hmm. simultaneously. Yeah. But then in its next action, if it chooses, it can, it can swallow a creature that it's already grappling. Yeah. Okay. So it can probably take a lot of damage, hey? The toad. Well, the toad looks very wounded, I will say. And so, where are I'm on the third floor? Correct. You are you are in the bathroom, the private bathroom next to the master bedroom. Okay. And it is it is it anywhere near a wall? Yes, it is. Good. I mean, the whole room itself is only fifteen feet by ten feet, so it's pretty much. This near. toad needs to die, and you're already dying. Look, it gets a, that action gets a big vote from me. Yeah. So what this says to me is that we've got three death saves to play with. Yes, we do. Correct. <laughs> I'm going to cast Thunder Wave and shove the toad out the wall. Oh, oh my god, That's happening. That's amazing. Okay, please do. Please do. Uh, That's the repair bill. Yeah. Well, we're getting it repaired anyway. Like... We're going to remodel this bathroom. Yeah. Just hope it's not a load-bearing wall. Now, unless I'm mistaken, this is going to be the toad making a uh, saving throw. Is that correct? Is that uh, con? Versus con, yes. Yeah. Constit- Ooh, constitution. Okay, then. So, it fails miserably. What happens? So... So, you stand forward and you give a... Yeah. You speak the arcane well, word. Well, actually, or... first what Hurst does was uh, yells out, cover your ears. Okay. 15-foot cube. Where are you? Just BT dubs, Nadia. Well, I stayed away off, so I'd probably just be around where the door is. Okay, so you're probably you're probably behind me. All right, for future reference, it was called a giant skillywigger. Wow. Which is yeah, essentially it's a frog and it's got teeth like screwdrivers. Oh okay. my gosh. So yes, everything that isn't me is pushed ten feet away from me and takes eleven damage. Wow. Okay, so this is what happens. You cast Thunder Wave on this section of the house. It can be heard for 300 feet. And the what, sorry? It can be heard for 300 feet. Wow. So they're, they're so heard just like, cover your ears! So they're, good neighbours then. Yeah, two hands out. <laughs> there is an ear-shattering thunderclap. And the toad is killed by the impact. Its, its huge bloated form is smashed through the wall. So this enormous, like, 300-pound toad flies through the wall. The wall crumbles. The entire floor around you tilts abruptly on a 35-degree angle. You hear a scream from inside the closet as Inkfinger's cupboard that she's hiding in falls to the ground and starts to slide towards the edge of now the three, the third-story drop that the toad is just flying out of. Does Lyle, the toad break my fall? <laughs> let us see. You have got two death saves. So first of all, 
thankfully, you are ensnared in the toad's tongue. And as this, you're not conscious for any of this, thankfully. No. So you're, you're all nice and soft and buoyant. So it's okay. So what you see is this comical but also terrifying sight of Lyle with the tongue still wrapped around him as this toad corpse flies out the through the wall as the bricks and mortar start to plummet down into your into the alleyway outside Lyle uh, still unconscious splats into the toad on the ground now, because Lyle is unconscious he has gone limp which means he takes less damage he does fall. so you're going to take five damage which would normally so basically what that means is you failed one death save because you yes. you've taken damage but uh, so he's dying on the ground outside in the alleyway in between two of your buildings and most importantly, all of you in here, can you two please give me a dexterity saving throw to not slip and fall and slide? And if anyone wants to, they can try to save poor Ink Fingers. So I got a 17 for my own dex saving throw. You maintain your footing. So I'll grab the uh, cupboard just okay. to stop it from slipping. Give me a strength athletics check to see if you can grab the cupboard and actually just have the strength to not go out the wall with it. Did I need to roll for that one? Um, dexterity yeah, saving throw. 22. Nice. You're fine. Four. So the so the ground just kind of shifts. You know what I mean? Like, the, am I getting that sense across? So the the entire floor mm-hmm. just kind of Ooh. shifts because of the yep. hole being blown. Uh, Fifteen to save ink fingers. You just managed to grab it. And it doesn't fall, but it is slowly still edging, edging, yeah. edging. Ink edging. fingers, get out! So she she pops the cupboard open. Thankfully, it, yeah. it, it, it fell, fell down. It yeah. fell down. You know, doors upwards. So she pops out and then just kind of like 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 t- sort of takes a quick assessment clambers basically over your shoulders and then and actually to her credit grabs your belt and tries to stop you from you know it tries to help you from you know scrambling right, up so the we, edge. we pull it back yes so you uh took, well because otherwise this this you know 500 pound oakwood closet is going to fall on kyle and the, and the toad lyle. lyle lyle sorry he's going to fall that'll on be my next character <laughs> <laughs> and then when he dies it'll be style yeah so her tiny halfling, but strong halfling hands grabbing your belt, you holding the, cl- the closet. Can you give me another uh, strength athletics check to try to hold this, this closet back from the precipice? Well, I've okay. got some bad news for you, Lyle. <laughs> <laughs> can anyone else see the number that's on the uh, D20 in front of me? None of the listeners can, but <laughs> you got inspiration, haven't you? No, I did not. I used my first inspiration to uh, All right. have uh, uh, little fing- uh, ink fingers not... Fall on top of you. Uh-huh. Wow. Okay. Thanks. Yes, you saved you saved the halfling from falling on top of me and instead traded it up for a five hundred pound. Okay. No, no, it would have been the five hundred pound cupboard and the halfling. Alright, so this is what happens. You try to hoist the closet back from the precipice, you plant your feet too well to the point where you where you break a floorboard under you, and then you actually slip and fall. Ink fingers, true to her credit. Still maintains hold of your belt and then and, and essentially plants her own little little uh, feet on the ground. And but she's about to go over. Jez, you have one chance. One chance to grab Ink Fingers, who is grabbing hers, who is grabbing the closet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> to try to stop this. Uh, acrobatics. What, what do you want me to roll here? It would have. It, it, it would just have to be strength. It would have to be a, a strength. <laughs> this is, I have a. Okay, this is not good. Is this a saving throw? Or is it just a general strength check? Just one second, Lyle. Sorry. um, How does um, Ink Fingers uh, helping onto um, Hearst's... Does that provide aid? Oh, my. Such as advantage? Yes, it would. Oh, Christ. All right, rolling again. But but, but also, please roll Nadia. I'm going to save my own goddamn life here. All right, there we go. Uh, That's much better. That's a 17 overall. Okay, that's good. That means that you do not... 
Uh, so you still, we'll, we'll still say that you have the slip and the fall and you start to plummet a little bit, but you're, yeah. you're not going to be falling off the edge. Nadia, would you please give me the strength athletics check? Athletics. Yeah, if this goes wrong, it's just the cupboard, not me. Mm-hmm. It? 15. Okay, that's fine. So between the three of you, yeah. you manage to haul ever so slowly this huge oak cupboard gradually, gradually, gradually back until eventually, kunk, you plop it down, and then you push it up and slide it up towards the edge. Uh, then I lean out the hole uh, where the window used to be, and I cast Healing Word on Lyle. What? What's the range on that? That's a decent question. Uh, I'm going to say... Th- 30 well, feet. Because you're, you're more than 30... Because you're on the third floor, right? So you're more than 30 feet away. You'd be looking at at least 50, 60 feet away. Let's find out. If you want to jump you <laughs> or scramble down quickly, you can uh, turn into a spider. Uh, word, yeah. 60 feet range. Oh, that's okay. So leaning out the end actually still with within fingers yes. still grabbing your belt so you don't fall out <laughs> I feel like I walk forward she's just grabbing on behind me like part of it she's just sort of locked in there in fear for both herself and me but also yeah. now she, but also yeah. now she just nods at you and says save him and you, then you, you you know what the best thing is is that it's not somatic as far as just vocal <laughs> you call out the healing word <laughs> the healing, and the healing word is sorry <laughs> <laughs> so you call out the healing word first of all Lyle no, no more death saves yeah. Yes. Please roll the damage that Lyle is going to heal. Okay, it is 1d4 plus my spellcasting modifier, so you can get yep. six hit points. <sighs> or as I like to call them, six points. <laughs> get out. No. So, That's fair enough, I'm sorry guys. <laughs> it's been real. So so what happens is this, Lyle, from your, from your perspective, you... Yeah. <gasps> Breathe in, and then all of a sudden you are greeted with what you feel is rain on your face. But then you realize it isn't rain, it's disgusting swamp mildew water draining down from the upturned bathtub in the in the in the room two stories up. And I'm seeing what the am I also seeing the closet of Damocles hand, uh, hanging over? You are in fact the seeing the closet of Damocles. So you are in the alleyway next to your 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 building and the one adjacent and uh, I'm getting up to my feet, which is half moving. There are a few people around as well. Like don't realize, this is still early morning in a very upper middle class neighborhood. As I said people are peering out of the windows all around you. Thunderwave can be heard for three hundred feet. Yes. Oh oh yes. I mean and we are three stories up, so that probably carried over a decent chunk of the city. I, I would have to imagine so. 100% in fact yes so yeah. sending up uses half my movement the rest of my movement is to get the hell out of the way so you scramble back into the house I uh, Hurst starts getting excited okay please don't tell me you're clapping your hands what in, in character no no no, no not in, of course not in character Hurst no Hurst never um, Hurst turns to sorry Nadia I've forgotten your character's name Jess. Jess Jess Hurst turns to Jess and says a lot of people just heard that yep can you use that attention to promote we're open for this <laughs> Us. <laughs> I like this idea that we come out of the, the, the we, building like, and there's like a small crowd of people. Vanquished the bad thing that was in here and now we're going to have business and I mean you Well let's just say thank God you're not the face of the company. Yeah, but neither are you. Oi, I mean, yeah, but like... <laughs> From down the ground floor, yeah, but neither are you! <laughs> but like, okay, well... So is your mum! <laughs> yes, I think I think we can make this work for us, personally. Because I don't think we can just sort of pretend that that didn't happen um, on account of the giant toad falling out a window. And also, um, does anyone else's ears still ringing? That's probably the one benefit that I've had out of this. I am covered in slime and mildew and what have you, and I'm probably still aching and painting, but no, I can hear it just fine. Can you insulate it? Yeah. <laughs> what? 
said, my head was in the toad's mouth. Yeah. What was that toad doing here anyway? Are they endemic the to the region? Um, That's a I, very big word for <laughs> I am downstairs at the moment. Okay. I, I mean, hear that they imported those toads to get rid of the very large beetles. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. It didn't work very well. Yes. And now they've just got large toads everywhere. Lyle. You um, hear the pitter-patter of the city watch approaching. Okay. Do you want to stay and explain yourself, or would you prefer to make yourself scarce? People, I, will, people will point to you. Right? I'm sure they will. No, we got to be good at All right. No, 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 no. I will. Not so much, as much as cop to it, but I will not be trying to make uh, an escape, which is probably the first time that I've done this. <laughs> I imagine as every, as the like, there's just goes. a little, the little, like instinctual voice in your head just like get out 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 hello officer get out get out get out get out it's true so you are staying well doesn't blink through the entire exchange you're staying I think I got it okay so a rather large and you two upstairs by the way Jez and Hurst and we probably head downstairs are you heading downstairs to meet them in the alleyway as well yeah right okay so you make your way back in through the ruined building and go downstairs. You arrive at about the same time that the City Watch does. Now, it is, in fact, just the City Watch. You can see that they have a sergeant, and they also have a representative of the uh, the Guild of Magists. Ah, uh-huh, shit. Which normally happens whenever there's any kind of magical mishap or, you know, monster sighting. Any, anything sort of supernatural or magic-focused, normally the, the watchful order of Magists is called in as specialists to, okay. oversee, to, to oversee the misuse of magic type thing. So, there are 20. It's a, it's a squad of 20. Once again, uh, a complete mix of, uh, of races. There's halflings, dwarves, elves, humans, etc. All dressed in the green and gold of the city watch. But the main thing is that they have a sergeant. So not quite as high ranking as, of course, Hustus Taggart that you met before. But he would be uh, certainly in charge of this. This is probably... And this is probably somebody that you want to get on the good side of because he's probably going to be the city watch sergeant for your neighborhood. Yeah. So you, you you suspect he would be the city watch sergeant for your immediate few blocks. So... Who wants to take the lead on this discussion? Christ. Well, as long as it doesn't involve being charming or lying. Yeah, no, I, I think this was just... <laughs> uh, hmm. So I feel like it's going to be... Probably me, so... Yeah, I think so. Uh, if I can... Don't forget, any, anyone else can put in their two cents and help. If there's yeah, a social you know, conflict, and uh, it'll be more than one person, but we can see how it works. Metagaming for a second. Sure. What's your charisma? Tis, plus two. Um, if you're making your way downstairs, I'm going to head within the doorway, go around the door just slightly, so my shadow at the very least can be seen, so it doesn't look like I am hiding but certainly I am covering actions mm-hmm. I am going to cast Bless, which is a range of 30 feet, so when Jez comes down okay. both her and myself yes. are going to be subject to this enchantment, we're just going to pray to the notion that we can speak within the space of a minute. That's going to provide uh, 1d4, oh no, it's attack roll and saving throw, scratch that. Guidance is probably going to be the way to do it, so I'll touch you on the way in, assuming that you're good with it. Yep. You just give it a shoulder pat, you all of a yes. sudden feel much more charismatic, and yep. uh, there you are. So, so, add 1d4 to one ability check of your choice, it can be done after the roll is made if you want. Okay. And I'll come and hang. You'll come and hang. Okay. Yeah, and possibly if I can't provide aid in the form of, you know, breaking up shit. Almost, almost, certainly. So they they rush to the end of the alleyway. They, I mean, they, they calm down a little bit when they see that there is a large monster, but it's dead. Oh, and good. what looks to be, frankly, just a little group of adventurers. Yes. But they still approach... Uh, cautiously, okay. it, it looks as though uh, the the magus gentleman is in charge. So he is a short, uh, slightly portly gentleman. 
Uh, he's got uh, pale skin and blonde hair and a blonde beard. He has very thick, uh, actually green-tinted glasses on. Green-tinted uh, spectacles. Interesting. And he has the typical robe regalia of the Watchful Order of Magists, which is essentially a combination of lavender and darker purple robes. He has a walking stick. Mm-hmm. And he, which he uses with, you know, some, <laughs> some fervor as he tap, tap, taps down the street. And he adjusts his spectacles as he looks at you. Mm-hmm. To the left of him, you can see that there is a sergeant who's a tall, uh, skinny man with, uh, sort of sandy brown hair. He has a monocle and he has a notebook and he looks very sort of, I guess, academic and officious as far mm-hmm. as a, as far as a sergeant goes. Uh, he's, his uniform is, just in absolutely immaculate repair. He's a very, very well put together gentleman. Uh, as mentioned, quite thin. He has a very nice brown curly mustache. Uh, so he holds a hand up actually pretty, pretty gently as far as these, uh, city watch lieutenants go. And he says, hold what befalls. Uh, the, the toad befell. He says, talk truth, sir. Lay down arms, please. Um, I lay down my arms and say, officer. Hello. He says, Sergeant. Sergeant, I'm, sorry. I'm Sergeant Cromley. Sergeant Cromley. Lovely to meet you, Sergeant Cromley. Myself is named Jez Locke. <laughs> and uh, my compatriots and I have just done your neighbourhood somewhat of a favour, I feel. Is that so? Well, you see, there was this big-ass toad. I can see the big-ass toad. Yeah, well, it was a bit more alive before. Was it your big-ass toad? No, I didn't own the toad. I just... We just killed the toad. Where was the toad? In a bathtub. Why was there a giant toad in your bathtub? I don't know. It's your neighbourhood. <laughs> so you're <laughs> trespassing? Well, no, we own the place now. You own Trollskull Manor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As of yesterday. Proper paperwork and everything. May I see the paperwork? I look over to Miss Inkworth. She hands it over. Mm-hmm. Says, Everything's above board, sir. He, he, he looks it over and says, Well, you've certainly inherited a mess. Do you intend to renovate and occupy? Yeah, uh, I think we'll uh, we'll get this up to scratch eventually. We'll take a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of <laughs> scrub and, and walls. But uh, yeah, that's the idea. Okay, he, he looks over. He sort of peers quizzically. He, he's got a bit of a Giles air to him. You know, he's just sort of a very, um, I suppose, sort of a, a gentle academic fellow for a city watch sergeant. He looks around, looks at the hole in the wall and says, well, that's not safe. Your first renovations should have to include repairing that hole, I imagine. Any other precarious architecture that that shockwave, it was Thunderwave, I imagine, that that was your suspicion, Barnabas? And the wizard stands up and walks over. Um, yes, I, I believe it to be, uh, <clears throat> it sounded very much like a Thunderwave, yes. Uh, hard to miss, you know. Well, you know, it was, it was successful in doing what it needed to do. We don't expect to have loud Thunderwave parties past 10pm normally. <laughs> Barn- Barnabas uh, adjusts his glasses and says, I say, who, who was the one who, who cast the thunder wave? Oh, uh, that will be my small compatriot over here. Can says, you- pointing to the not small one. Can you... Can, yeah, yeah, exactly. Sorry, can you can you please give me a charisma persuasion check just to see how the first impression's coming? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there's no deception or anything No, 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 like it's that. just... It's just it's a, that's why persuasion. Yeah. Yeah. 13. And you can roll a 1d4 if you want to add further to that. Ah, yes. Uh, yes. First impressions. Uh, oh, um... That's a 4, I think. Yeah, 17. So 17. 
Wow, okay, great. So he seems very put at ease. He, he looks you all over and seems to like what he sees. He seems very much no longer on edge. He's now just more concerned about any other issues that might be around. So he, yeah. uh, Barnabas uh, finishes inspecting the toad and says, yeah. Yes, uh, unfortunately, we've seen a lot of these giant vermin occasionally residing in places that have been uh, long in disrepair. Every once in a while, our sewer maintenance and the dung sweepers guild will encounter some. You say this was in your bathtub? Yeah. Are you registered with the guild, Spellcaster? He says. He adjusts his uh, green-tinted spectacles and looks at you, Hurst. I'll look around. I I think the paperwork is still pending. He hasn't made his introductions yet. I'm new to town. Well, didn't know there was a guild. I, uh, where I come from, we don't have guilds. <laughs> he looks at you and adjusts his spectacles more and, and nods and says, I understand. Quite all right. Quite all right. You should have been informed on the gate. Not your fault, if not. My name is Barnabas Blastwin from the watchful... <laughs> From the Watchful Order of Magists. If you wish to register now, I can do so and take care of the paperwork. Not a mage. Oh, I see. Uh, he, he looks you up and down and says, Druid. Yes. He, he nods and says, uh, Very well. You are aware, of course, that uh, casting a spell in self-defense on a monster inside your own home is perfectly legal. Just be careful about doing so on the street. Yes, well, I'm glad, I'm glad I didn't have to choose between being arrested and being killed. Indeed. No one wants that choice. <laughs> so he wanders over to the toad and says, uh, will you be requiring the corpse? Uh, huh? I don't no. think we want it. No. Would you like it? I'll be willing to let it go for uh, I will be needing, gold. Hold up. I will be needing some fertilizer. Oh, well. I will need specific parts of the corpse. Four gold. <laughs> <laughs> for four gold. <laughs> Sorry. Demand <Yeah>. skyrocketed. <laughs> wow. So Barnabas, Barnabas looks you over and gives you a little smile and says, Very well. Done. He gives you four gold. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> My God. Says, <laughs> how did this happen? He says, oh, Help me take this back, won't you, chaps? And ladies, okay, so uh, a few of the city watch uh, watch people come forward and you know grumble because they have to carry a gigantic toad corpse, and that was not what they were expecting to do today. Yeah. So they, so um, they were all surprised. Sergeant Cromley says, "Well, um, welcome to the neighbourhood." Uh, I, I have a question. Should for you. stop by once we're open. Now. Oh, you intend to reopen the tavern? Yeah, I mean we're not buying this house for the adventure. First drink on the first drink on the house. What was your question? Uh, so we obviously need a you know a lot of repairs here. We've been told that there's some some people around this neighbourhood who might be able to help us out. Have you got any recommendations of good builders on the up and up? Absolutely. Uh, we have a, this neighbourhood boasts a fine blacksmithy and a, a very very fine carpenter. I suggest that you uh, speak to both. You'll have to register with the guilds. Inkfingers pipes up and says, "Yes, yes, sir. That's all very well. All, all being taken care of. I, I have the paperwork ready, and we'll be uh, organising their membership in the uh, Tavern Keepers Guild uh, as soon as we've decided that we are in fact going through with the renovations." Mm. He says, "Oh, very good, very good. Well, uh, steam and steel." He, and he points to one of the buildings, and you can actually see that there is steam coming up from clearly a blacksmith's forge. Uh, I think that's technically smoke. It can be both. <laughs> All right, that's fine. <laughs> he, says, he says, there are lots of many fine artisans in this neighborhood. Mm. Uh, hopefully your tavern will give them a place to relax and celebrate. We are missing a watering hole, that's for certain. It's going to be a heck of a party. He when leans. First, when we open, and I look around to the assembled neighborhood, and you're all invited. 
<laughs> Everyone's like, <laughs> a few people are looking at the giant toad corpse being dragged away, and one, one kid starts crying, and then now toad actually free. hold up, wait, no, wait, stop. Too late. No, 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 no! Don't take the toad yet, because the 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 kids that were that that are helping us. Yes. Uh, uh, are, they, are they our employees? Okay. I just urchins are urchins, kind of like they'll, contra- they'll think pro- of them as contractors. They'll probably think that this it's, is it's a gig economy. They'll probably th- <laughs> Jesus fuck! Oh no! no we're paying them. <laughs> we're paying them. We're paying them. We're not doing this for exposure. <laughs> so no, absolutely paying. We're absolutely paying them, but we're paying them in such a way as they've been hired as independent contractors. Therefore, they need to maintain their own oh, insurance so they're like and their own. Yeah, is there an urchin guild? <laughs> is there an urchin? Um, I'm just uh, maybe not I'd like to see this. This will probably make us look much more impressive and stop them from getting funny ideas. So, like, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, you sort of drag things out a bit so the kids see it because they'll probably get a kick out of it. Absolutely. In in fact, they are not too far away in returning. They they're sort of at the back of one of the crowds now, sort of yeah. winding what? and weaseling their way through the legs of the onlookers until eventually they burst out in front and like sit there looking at, at all three of them. Mm sit there. Jenks is behind the other two and doesn't really want to approach the toad, but he, upon seeing all this and looking at the hole in the wall, he just kind of gazes adoringly at all three of you, particularly at Hurst. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so... Well, that was, he heard the, the thunder wave. Oh, most certainly. Uh, so Cromley leans forward uh, to you, Jez, and say, uh, just as a fair warning, the last owners n- neglected to... Uh, do anything but sell it on at a very low rate uh, to a cartographer, I believe, because mm-hmm. of the fact that it's very haunted. Yeah, no, we're aware. He's, right. a, he's a nice chap, though. Wait, what, what do we say with, um... I'm sorry, the ghost... Opened a dialogue? Let's... <laughs> no, no. It's a, everything's, everything's soft at the moment. We're in the point... We're, we're dealing with everything. I I see. Well, very good. He, he holds his hands up in a placating gesture, turns around and says... Uh, nothing to see here, folks. Just a giant dead toad. Don't worry about it. I uh, look at the kids. You got my fruits? Yeah, and, and they hand... So, um, Squidly hands forward an, uh, uh, a, a, an entire basket full of apples. And there's a couple of other exotic fruits in there as well, including ones that you may not have seen before. There's a bunch of bananas. Oh. Which are exceedingly rare. I'm pretty I mean, sure you cannot make we can cider make, with bananas. We can make daiquiris, though. <laughs> okay. We can make daiquiris. And most can make anything grow. Um... And they're like, aha, perfect. So I, I pick, like, sort of, just sort of feeling the ones that probably have the most, like, bountiful seeds. Uh-huh. Uh, a little bit of everything. And I'm just like, rest of yours. Actually, I want one of those apples. <laughs> Great. So the kids are, are amazingly excited. And then I'm going to go out the back and um, take out the seeds. And Jenks, so, so Jenks points at the toad and says, did you, did you kill that giant toad? Yeah, I had to. It was eating the halfling. <laughs> okay, so so Jenk, Jenk's eyes open wide in fear. He clutches his owlbear, his stuffed that was, owlbear. Did you not, did you lot never go upstairs? They all shake their heads. No. So, so Squidly says, you know, all, all the fun was downstairs. We went to go up the stairs one time, but we broke one of the stairs. And also uh, the ghost seemed to not want us to go up there. I think he thought it was dangerous. Well, would also be nice to- if he gave us a heads up. He also told us to stay out of the basement. Apparently it's dangerous down there too. Oh, my God. All right, guys, hold up. Back inside. There's something in the basement. Can I, like, 
just before you decided to um, throw, you know, throw another one of those ghastly spells about, maybe if I could just, you know, catch my breath for a little bit before we just decide to go strafing right down. You're a cleric. Heal yourself. So in, I, in, in I make my way in, grab, a, <laughs> grab what's left of the bottle of wine, yep. pour another glass. Inkfingers uh, runs up to you, Lyle, and says. Leave him alone. He's so heroic. He leapt in and tried to save me from the toad. And I give a nod. Yeah, it did. Thank you. Just uh, still feel. Oh, I still feel. Oh, <laughs> so she she guides you to a chair yeah, and, and she, I, she holds your head and, and I says, and I take you know fortifying sip of the wine, so, trembling hands. <laughs> she, so she she pours the, she helps you pour the wine. She says, like, if any of you have any further healing magics, I strongly advise. Oh, oh, there's a potion store. There's a potion store. The very la- the very least I can do is go and ob- obtain a few healing potion. Oh, yeah, you run along and do that, fingers. <laughs> so she so she is a so she she runs outside. Thank, yeah, thank you, fair angel. <sighs> she turns and she runs away. Hey, nice to know you have a potion store in the neighborhood too, by the way, which is nice. That's true. Uh, so, with that then, you are faced with the fact that you've been told that there is danger in the basement. Uh, do you wait for Inkfingers to return with your potion before Damn straight. before descending? Okay, so. Hurst is, because I'm out of first level spell slots, mm-hmm. uh, Hurst is going to, and well, no, he's not going to go down yet, but he's going to sort of scrape things out. And the best way that Hurst can think of to do that is by using his new abilities. He had a very profound dream last night. Okay. Of uh, running with a lot of animals in the forests and somehow was able to communicate with them and understand them. You know, kind of dream logic, but it felt a bit um, it felt a bit lucid. Uh, so he's eager to try this ability out now. Okay, sounds good. Uh, Hurst is going to turn into a wolf. Wow. Okay. So in a almost unimaginably surprising turn of events, your druid suddenly becomes a wolf in front of you. Ooh. Which, of course, is something you are aware that druids can do. It's relatively common knowledge, but you've never seen Hurst do it before. Mm. What's your reaction, Jez and Lam? I check the bottle of wine, first of all, to make sure that you know, <laughs> it's not as strong as... Uh, it might be stronger than we initially thought. And then, <laughs> Yeah, because it probably doesn't give you much of an explanation. No, not, not even a little. Just like walks over to the edge of the th- um, the edge of the the because it's a a trap door leading down to stairs. No, there the, it is just stairs lead down. Okay, yeah. I was looking at the um, I was looking at the thing before and it looked like it oh sorry there. sorry the the trap door is open. Okay, yeah, all right. So he walks over the trap door, mutters something to himself, and then just shifts completely like armor and all into a uh, uh, into a above average sized black wolf. Mm. Fantastic, Jez. What is your reaction to this? Um, I don't know. <laughs> One of your friends just turns into a, yeah. wolf, a wolf for the first uh, time. I'm just like, uh, huh, neat. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, can you understand us? Bark once for yes, twice for no. I growl. Okay, then, I don't know what that means. Now. And then and then bark <laughs> very loudly. Okay, good. What the actual hell? <laughs> I, I like as best I can as a wolf. I just give you a flat look. Like, what did you expect? I'm a druid. Just like. I give you a flat look back that says, I don't know druids from my elbow. <laughs> right. And it's very meaningful. Uh, Hurst turns around and walks over to the uh, stairs. The, pit- the pitter-patter of ink fingers returning is heard in the distance. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I probably hear it before they do. Yes. yes. Right. Very much so, in fact. Yes. Do you, do you want to wait for her to return with the potion? Well, I'm not going downstairs to start off with. Okay. Uh, I'm just getting ready. I'm just going to do a... I'm just going to have a sniff around okay. at the top of the thing and see if, if any... Mm. Uh, particular scents stand out to me. Yes, can you please give me a perception check with advantage? Yes, now my perception is plus three as a wolf. Let's go with 15, so it's an 18 overall. Okay, great. You smell death, Mark. 
You smell death. The unmistakable. No, no. To, to be more specific, you smell the old, decrepit rot of death. So you smell very okay. much decay. Okay. So it's like some sort of zombie. Not a recently killed corpse or anything like that. You smell the kind of smell you'd expect if you exhumed an old grave. Mm-hmm. Um, Subtle though, but it's coming from down there. I will walk back. I'll trot back over to. Uh, to Lyle and I'll sort of look over at the thing growl and then nudge your holy symbol oh okay I look down uh, at it and then I'll carefully make my way over to where you were previously and just cast an eye down there first of all because it wouldn't Mm -hmm. occur to me necessarily to try and take the air no so you can see stone stairs descending into complete darkness alright I look over at you more ghost boy Uh, he's not yeah. Ink Fingers returns. She runs in. She's clutching yeah. two potions. Oh, sweet. She walks over to you, Jets, and gives one. Coraline's Crown. Coraline's Crown is the potion-making store. Uh, it is run by a wonderful, a wonderful elf called Fala. They are quite skilled. Thank you for that. If Adds you need, it to her collection. Uh, if you need any plants, herbs, things like that, that yeah, is where you that's where you does she Does from. she sort of just assume that I that the wolf is hearsed? Yes, actually. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm freaked the fuck out, man. So you uh, gotta keep it together in front of her now. I know, I gotta. Father is very fortunately I'm brave. Yeah. Natural halfling trait. If you need any ingredients or reagents for your druidly matters, she says, just very matter of fact, we're having a conversation with the wolf. Like she's obviously used to this stuff. Mm. Uh, well, she deals with nobles at Waterdeep. Who knows? They might have pet dogs that can talk. Also, uh, adventurers in the adventurers, exactly. So, I mean, many of the lords are former adventurers and such, right? So yeah. this is not unheard of. Uh, she said, if you need any reagents or herbs or plants, etc., for your uh, druidic matters, then Fala will be able to help. They are an amazing um, specialist when it comes to herbalism. Uh, she walks over and gives you the other potion. I take it and uh, hands touch briefly and uh, Tan- share touch, touch briefly. There's a little meat cute. She blushes and yes. then steps back and says, so there's danger in the basement as well. Yes. Uh, she, but don't she, worry. She, she loads her crossbow again. But don't worry. We're going to sort it out. You stay at the back behind me. She says, certainly, but I'm coming. She, yes. she holds she holds the crossbow at the ready. All right. Well, she yeah, she stuck a toad um, pretty handedly and managed to get to cover. So yeah, bring her along. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like to hang on to the potion and instead use one of my uh, hit dice. Okay. During so, that, oh, I would hope was a short rest. Absolutely, that's a short rest for sure. So approximately an hour has passed. Yeah, we'll say roughly. Yep. While you sit, sit there e- examining your new abode, we, we will say that you maybe inspect the rest of the house during that time. You have a bit of a casual wander yeah. up to the second and third floor in the attic. So, Sounds good. Yeah, so you can see. I mean, look, it's the foundations are strong, but there is still lots of repair work to be done. Right. Uh, Ink Fingers is, you know, going over the books and so forth. And oh, Jamie, it's, it's not going to be cheap, but it will be worth it. It'll be worth the investment. Uh, I think during that time, Hurst sort of just sits near the um, the. The, the stairs the stairs just to keep an eye on it mm. very well then so we are ready to descend into the basement then we are fantastic so who's going first Jez Hurst <sighs> alright I'll go grumble with, grumble so the two of you with the wolf self yeah. right. and then oh, we started I'm blessing. stealthing I just wrote a yeah. I rolled a one though so I'm, I'm not stealthing I'm replying blessing okay so that is an uh, advantage, advantage. Uh, Hurst the wolf Eight. rolled a 21 on his stealth check. Wow. Check okay. out. 15. So okay. he's stealthier than I am. Yeah. So how? Disappears into the dark shadows of the basement. Fantastic. Thanks for listening to Shared Sagas. All music on the show is used under Creative Commons. Check the episode notes for full details.